Hello, hello, everybody. Today, I am getting out of my comfort zone. I'm doing something I don't normally do, which is sharing something deeply personal as I journey through it. Normally, I wait until after I'm past something, but the lessons I'm gaining from it now are too valuable to save for later. You ready? Let's go. Hey, hey, welcome to The Eva Show. I'm Eva Miller. As a domestic violence survivor turned life and wellness coach, I'm on a mission to help you acknowledge your worth, reclaim your power, and find your voice in this noisy world. If you're feeling stuck and looking for help, or you just want to be reminded that it's a-okay to be your unique self in a conforming world, you're in the right place. You ready to ditch expectations other people have put on you and rise to become who you've always wanted to be? Let's go. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host and life coach, Eva Miller. And like I mentioned, I'm doing a little breakaway today. And instead of sharing some of my heart during the post-season, like I normally would, I'm sharing in the mid-season. The reason I normally keep things close to the chest until after they've passed is because, well, to be honest, vulnerability is scary. And because I have been scarred in the past by people who have used my vulnerability against me, some have tried to keep me from moving past that particular place. They wanted me to stay there. I've been scarred by people who seem to be waiting for me to fail and by those who have tried to use my vulnerability to their advantage in some way. So why make the exception and share now? Four reasons. One, in the very first episode, I promised to bring my trophies and my scars to this show. What I'm going to share today is kind of somewhere on that sliding scale in between those two. (laughs) I swore to myself that when I was a coach, I would be on purpose in my coaching and not on myself. Every reason I've ever used to justify holding back in my coaching business has been because of something I was afraid of within myself. Two, transparency is very important to me, and it relates a lot to trust. Three. I want to offer a hand up or a roadmap to those who are struggling with finding their way or getting clarity. Four, I want to show what's possible. And all of those things are more important than my comfort. I told you in the first episode I was going to talk about everything. And while I never expected it would be at a time when the subject was so raw, but here we are. It's what needs to happen. So years ago, when I was a young woman, and seven months pregnant with Drew, my gallbladder suddenly and randomly developed stones. I had had zero health problems before that. My weight had never been an issue, and I only ever went to the doctor for checkups and vaccines. We were in the middle of a cross-country move to our assignment at a new duty location in Washington State, and somewhere in Wyoming, I got sick. After spending a couple days in the ER and the hospital with a terrified husband, two-year-old who had no idea what was going on, and a Pekingese, all of whom were being very minimally attended to. I was told a few terrifying possible scenarios, and then they finally settled on the fact that I'd developed gallstones, and I'd have to have my gallbladder removed after the baby was born. I asked then what caused me to develop stones, and starting that day and continuing over the next 20 years, I could never get a straight answer. I was told, Sometimes these things just happen. Eh, you don't really need a gallbladder anyway. It's extra. You're going to feel so much more relief when this is out. 
I knew those first two weren't true, and I discovered later the third one wasn't either. Ever since they took out my gallbladder, I have suffered. I became intolerant to some foods. I'm always uncomfortable. I slowly started gaining weight. It's been hard to get it off. Everywhere I went, I had to know exactly where a bathroom was, and I needed to be able to get to it with very little notice. I had cramps a lot. I was always hungry. But everything gave me indigestion or acid reflux, extremely loose stools every single day. It was a lot. I was surviving, but I was definitely not thriving. I still had questions about the root cause for this, and over time I asked, what dietary changes I did I need to make? And the answers I got included, oh, you're just depressed. Try these pills to help you with that. I was offered weight loss surgery only to be told I had to gain even more weight, and then I would qualify for them to help me. I was told I needed to get off the couch, even though I exercised regularly. They offered me weight loss pills that I knew were risky. Anybody remember Fenfen? I was told, well, I just take over-the-counter medicine for the indigestion. Yeah, because that's a great way to live the rest of your life. I was told a low-carb diet was dangerous. I was told to limit my fat intake, which in and of itself wasn't bad advice in a sense, but it wasn't the root cause of my problem, and it wasn't the solution. I felt frustrated, and I have felt deeply ashamed for years. I shrank myself because of the way I felt about myself. I would hold back doing things I wanted to do just because of the way I looked. And it's frustrating because I'm a smart woman. I kind of feel like, you know, I should be able to figure this out at least somehow or at least get in the right direction. I believe very strongly in the body's ability to heal and repair itself when given the proper tools. But there are like a thousand different ways to lose weight and almost as many opinions about which one is best and safest or most effective. I tried things through the years and some of them worked, but it was clear I needed something different because even when I lost weight, I still had all the other problems. I wanted something safe. I didn't want to starve. I didn't want to eat fake food and chemicals. I didn't want to alter my body through surgery because I'm convinced of its power to repair and heal. And surgery was going to be risky and it didn't even guarantee good results. And surgery is what got me here in the first place, so I wasn't convinced more surgery was going to be the answer. I had done things that worked in the past, and I tried them again with no luck. I did things that absolutely should have moved the scale with no luck. I am very good at asking, how do I? And that's great. But I have learned that it is just as important to ask who, as in who can help me. Because when we choose the right who, it makes a big impact on how. I decided to look for a nutritionist who focused on using whole foods, even if I had to pay for it out of pocket. If that's what it meant, fine. I found one and met with her, but it was a little bit of a disaster, so I'll just say she was not the right who to help me and leave it at that. But I was determined I was not going to be defeated. And shortly after that, a friend posted on Facebook that she was doing a metabolic reset and she had lost quite a few pounds. So obviously, I asked her for details. She put me in touch with her nutrition coach, and I got on the discovery call with her. She listened very carefully. I shared my frustrations and my struggles to find answers to the questions about the root cause, everything. She offered some ideas about what was going on in my body, 
and she confirmed some of the things that I suspected were going on. She told me some of the battles that she's been through, and I knew right then she was the right who to guide me through this. And at the beginning of September, I joined her group coaching program. Since then, I've gone through two of the phases of the program. I'm not starving. I'm not taking any questionable products. I'm eating real foods, not chemicals that have been flavored to taste like food that I like. Heck, I'm not even exercising. I'm not eating all day long. In fact, for the first time in over two decades, I actually feel like my runaway appetite and health issues are under control. My pants fit better. I'm down a smaller into a smaller shirt size. Swelling is down so much I had to tighten my watch band, and the straps on my Birkenstock sandals had to be tightened within the first two weeks. I lost 15 pounds in the first month. And all of that might sound impressive, but just as important to me as the scale are these things. I don't have heartburn at all. I don't have acid reflux or gas. My loose stools are gone. I have normal stools now. I don't feel the urgency to use the bathroom like I used to. And even my taste buds are changing. I always knew that I really liked apples, but I didn't realize how much I liked them because my taste buds have been coated with fake processed flavors for so long. It's been really amazing. She gave me all the tools I needed to get started, and through the group as well as through her individually, I'm getting all the support I need to keep going, even on the hard days when hormones and cravings are screaming at me. When I find things I believe are high quality, high in caliber, and good value, I share them. And I have come to believe in this program so much that when I found out I could become an affiliate, I jumped at the opportunity. If you're struggling with health and or weight issues, I invite you to check into the opportunity for yourself. But this goes way beyond numbers on the scale. And I need to share what I'm learning with you because it's powerful and it is literally changing my life. Here are my takeaways so far. One, the eating plan is very simple. But man, it is not easy. It's just meat, veggies, and fruit for the first while. But learning that the reason I crave certain foods is because our food is meant to be addicting and that gluten has addictive properties that give you withdrawal symptoms when you stop eating it and learning that gluten can mask its own toxicity, well, that'll have you in a whole new kind of hard place to be. I have been hangry, cranky, moody, weepy, and bitchy. That's like the five dwarves of the reset right there. And not everybody has the same degree of difficulty during withdrawals, but those were mine. Not all on the same day, just like, you know, they took turns, kind of like my cravings. I have developed, and I continue to develop, a new level of awareness about my mindset, my habits, and coping mechanisms I have around food. I'm humbled by the knowledge that I have a lot of programming to unlearn, but at the same time, I'm really proud of myself for having the balls to work on this because it would be a hell of a lot easier to just stop. Stop fighting through it. Stop fighting for it. Stop thinking about it. Just stop. My brain wants sugar, cheese, and salt. And it wants those things even when I'm not hungry at all. Like, at all. I can be completely satiated. And my brain will randomly and suddenly tell me to go put some Doritos on a cookie sheet in a single layer throw some shredded cheese on top of them and bake them for a few minutes. And then it reminds me of just how much I love melted cheese on stuff. But yet, I'm not actually even hungry. 
And I'm Gen X, so I'm never bored. I can always find something I want to do. A third takeaway. You've heard me say it before. I'll say it again. Feelings aren't facts. That continues to be confirmed to me over and over again as I go through this. Another thing that I've learned, healing, well, healing can feel a lot like breaking sometimes. The fifth thing, on the initial call, my coach asked about the foods I can't tolerate. I told her they were mostly tomatoes, onions, cucumbers, and pickles. But that was subject to change at any time without prior notice based on my body's mood that day. And she encouraged me to keep an open mind. She said, sometimes what we have a reaction to isn't the thing that causes the reaction. I ate a salad out at a restaurant the first week and it had tomatoes, cucumbers, and onions on it. When it came, I was like, oh, crap, I guess I'm just going to take a bunch of Tums today to get rid of the indigestion. But I was like, eh, I remembered what she said and thought maybe that would be the case. It turns out I had no reactions to the stuff in the salad in a bad way. I didn't pay the price for it later like I had before. The sixth thing that I've taken away, it's one of the things that she said to me on our call was that we normalize symptoms. And I've realized we do that. And we launch right into acceptance instead of looking to try to regain wholeness. Big Sexy is mostly following this reset with me. And he told me one of the things he's become aware of is that he has somehow been conditioned to work in routines. And sometimes he goes on autopilot. He's told me for years he has to get ready in the exact same order every single day. Because if he does something out of order, he's liable to forget something else. He told me one day... I think I interrupted him or maybe one of the kids did. He said he forgot to put on deodorant. He told me the other night he finds that he often eats his lunch between 11 and 11.30 just because it's part of the routine. It's not even when he feels hungry. In our society, we're taught not to listen to or trust our bodies, and that has to change because they're extremely intelligent. Another thing I'm learning is that I'm learning more about my needs and parameters around food. So what I mean by that is I have a Beachbody membership and several months ago, I was watching one of the nutrition videos that featured Autumn Calabrese. And in one of them, she said that she was a server for so long, she got used to never eating hot food. And she said that when she meal preps, the stuff that's been cooked ahead of time, she doesn't even heat it up. She just pulls it out of the fridge and eats it cold. Now, look, I'm like Joey on Friends, okay? I love sandwiches, and I can eat them almost every single day. Not on the plan because there's no bread. But but one of my parameters is that one of my meals in the day, it has to taste like somebody put some actual work into it. I can't just eat cold food all the time. I need a hot meal or else I don't feel nourished or satisfied. And emotionally, that will kind of kick in for me. So I am never going to be the girl who's going to, you know, have a grilled chicken salad every few days. That's boring. And being aware of that information is actually important to me because I'm not going to succeed if I find it boring. I already outlined some of the physical responses within my body that I noticed in a few weeks, but I've noticed other things that I want to share with you. Like those principles I've learned that I've been sharing those takeaways with. All of them not only apply to the investment I've made into my body for this metabolic reset, but I can look back and see that they have been factors on some level 
every single time I've invested into myself, whether it was through multiple business coaches, marriage counseling, or talk therapists that I've met with on my own, as well as now with a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. Like the principle of it's simple, but it's not easy. That applies to some of the philosophies I learned about business. I was using procrastination tactics as a cover for my insecurity and my fears around starting my own coaching business. And once I learned that that's what I was doing, I was able to start to put my energy and effort into the right areas. It's simple, but it wasn't easy initially to make those changes. It took some discipline. And that thing about healing, feeling like breaking, dude, that has applied to literally everything I have ever done to grow myself. The reacting to something that wasn't even the cause of the reaction, that has been a constant in my healing journey, going all the way back to the time I was triggered by something Moose did when we were dating. We got into a heated discussion about it. Well, okay, probably I was the only one who was in a heated discussion about it. But in that discussion, he looked me right in the face and he said, how many of your ex-husband's mistakes do I have to pay for? I was completely gutted in that moment. I felt broken, but it was a real catalyst for change within me. Okay, and the thing about normalizing symptoms instead of focusing on healing or at least addressing it, yep, I've definitely done that in other areas. The thing about getting into a routine and switching to autopilot that Moose noticed, man, I have done that on occasion in my marriage, in every job I've ever had, in my everyday routines, and sometimes even in the businesses that I'm running now. And that thing about, I said I was gaining a new awareness of my needs and my parameters and my limits. Well, whether that has looked like setting work and business hours or boundaries in a relationship, that has showed up as something I've needed to address in some way in all the areas where I have worked on myself. And experiencing changes within my body, yeah, that's been a thing whether some things were in alignment and brought peace that I learned from my business coaches or a counselor, or if something was out of alignment and brought anxiety and chaos, the body response has always been right there under the surface. No matter what way you invest in yourself, you reap benefits. Sometimes it's obvious and it's linear. Like, you know, you work with a business coach and the idea is to make your money back after you build your business, right? But sometimes it's by who you become as a result of that investment. And that has such a ripple effect on, well, every area of your life that it can't always be measured easily or even financially. You know, let's say you pay $10 a month for a gym membership and you miss two weeks out of the month. It might be tempting to think, eh, it's just 10 bucks. But have you ever noticed that if you order a pizza and you pay the $2.50 extra that it costs to get extra cheese put on it and they forget it, you really probably just get mad and feel like they're trying to rip you off, right? So why don't you get mad and feel ripped off when you steal from yourself when it comes to your personal development? I know people love to get free samples, but from where I'm sitting, it seems like they tend not to value them. And I've watched other people. This isn't just the example I'm going to give you that happened to me, but others. I've, I've watched it with other people. If you're given five samples of something that comes in individual packets 
and one of them gets damaged and breaks open and you lose whatever the sample was, you probably have a tendency to think, oh, well, it was just a free sample anyway. But that's not how you are when you're paying for something. I used to offer four free sessions to people who were thinking of working with me. I knew that like people don't always know what to expect when you have a life coach or how it works or anything like that. And so I thought four free sessions, that's a month. And that's a good amount of time for someone to get to know me a little and see what it's like, right? And you know what I discovered? That most people didn't take those four sessions seriously. They'd show up late, they'd reschedule at the last minute, or they wouldn't do the assignments I gave them. They were wasting my time and theirs. I couldn't control how they spent their time, but I could control how they spent mine. And I wanted to stop offering them, and I was really afraid to at first. I was worried I wouldn't get any clients. But I decided to risk it because I was miserable by feeling like I wasn't effective. And you know what happened when I stopped offering those? Clients who were actually ready to work started calling me. You know, I talked about how you, you might show up differently. Maybe you take something seriously when you are paying for it. When I hired my first business coach, I'd actually been listening to her podcast for months. And I knew I had to talk to her. And when I talked to her, I knew before I even got on that call that I wanted to work with her. So it was a matter of finding out what I would get from working with her, what she offered, and whether I was going to pay for it. And I hired her before we hung up. I paid a lot of money to work with her, more money than I've ever paid for anything before, because I wanted access to her brain. I wanted to have access to her knowledge, her mindset. I wanted to know about her experiences that I was going to get in one-on-one -on -one with her. And boy, did I show up. Every week, I was in that Zoom room on time or early, even if she was late. I had a lot of skin in the game. So I was showing up big time. I was paying and I was paying attention. It's been quite a while since I've worked with her, but I'm still reaping the benefits of that investment of my time and money. It's the same thing with Big Sexy and me when we went to a marriage counselor 30-something years ago. We were committed to showing up and doing the work. And the tools that we learned in that man's office, they're all things we're still using today. A powerful shift happens when you invest in yourself. Something changes, especially when your time and your money are paired together. You show up differently when you've got skin in the game. And like I've said before, when you're paying, you're paying attention because you don't want to get ripped off, right? The more you pay for something, the more you value it. And sometimes the value of personal development isn't always held in very high esteem. But I'm going to tell you right now, that is a huge mistake on our part. There is nothing more important or that brings a bigger return on investment than the time and money you invest in yourself, regardless of what area it's in. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's in business. It doesn't matter if it's in health. It doesn't matter if it's breaking some kind of physical addiction. It doesn't matter. Marriage, relationship with your kids, whatever. You reap that back. I don't know who wrote the following quote, but here it is. Therapy supports our growing awareness of ourselves. It helps us become more connected with us, which, by the way, goes a long way toward having better connections with others. And I believe that. It, I find that to be true. As a coach, I help other people bring themselves back to life. And now I'm putting my money where my mouth is, and I'm doing it for myself in a whole new way that I've never done before. 
Maybe I'll share an update about this on a later episode. We'll see. In the meantime, thanks for being on this journey with me. Talk to you next time. Okay, girlfriend, that's it for me. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please make sure you subscribe to the show. And if you want to connect with me on social media, you can find me on Instagram at I'm Eva Miller. Thanks for being here. Talk to you soon.